I talk what? sometimes soft and sometimes loud. Well, yeah, modulate it. That's why you it. need an intern. No, but you need to modulate it. That's the thing. I can't control my voice. It yes, you can. Really, I can't. It's just a microphone. I have a four octave range. Practice. I have a three and a half octave range. Oh, come on, Mariah. A three and a half octave. No, Mariah has a five octave range. I tried to get to a freak status. Freak. <laughs> I'm sorry? Freak in operatics terms means anybody that sings a four octave range or above. Mariah Carey is a freak. Our phone conversations, like, and this was an example earlier when I was talking and you were like, let me check the levels. I did that so inconspicuously, right? Because it's, it's not like when I change levels that I leap up from the couch and run away from you like you're on fire. Yeah, like, yeah. oh no, you're saying something and it's, it's such not a being natural, recorded. It's such a natural pause in a conversation, I just, really. I just feel like our phone conversations are going to diminish significantly because of these podcasts. I'm just going to say that now. Like, I will, I'll, I'll try Wait. to tell you something that's going on in my life, and you're either going to ask, A, can I record it? Or B, can you stop speaking until I'm recording it? No, I'm just <laughs> going to stop asking you <laughs> if I can record it and assume that I have the go-ahead. <laughs> the vino is $8 at her home. I don't actually know how much it paid for, to be honest. It was at Rite Aid. Okay. Well, I, I was just getting something really quick before I came here so I could watch Jeopardy in time. And that's that's the honest truth. I think you mark most days of your calendar by Jeopardy. No, 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 you, no. You follow the Trebekian calendar, no, don't you? I mark most hours of each and every day by Jeopardy. Like Did what they I show can, it that much? What I can, no, what I can accomplish before Jeopardy starts and what I can accomplish after Jeopardy starts. And mm -hmm. where I'm going to be when Jeopardy starts, if I can actually watch it at the time. And who's going to be around me if anybody's going to challenge me to this Jeopardy duel? This is awesome. It's moving my period away from the time my birthday's going to happen in two months. <laughs> Birth control to Major Tom. <laughs> Checking ignition's ovaries on. Checking ovaries <laughs> and may your tubes stay glued. <laughs> this is birth control to major Tom. <laughs> this is pussy hole to birth control. No. 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 Oh no. I just don't like the P word. You don't like persimmon? I don't like the word P-O-S-S-E. Posse? Yeah, I hate it. Do you <laughs> hate posse just because of its proximity to pussy? Yes. I just don't like words that sound like that. So is it a sound problem? Maybe. See, I used to hate the word nature. Why? Or fresh. Did you hate nurture? No, I hated this. I just hated the sound of the words. Like, are you saying that you dislike the word, the meaning of the word? No. Do you just like the? I think it's the sound. Really? Yeah. You have one, you know. I'm aware of that. But okay, I call I just it want different to make things. Sure. I call it different things. Do you call it different things every day? Are you on a schedule? Uh, who refers to their genitalia every day? 
Unless they're like um, gynecologists. I, I wake up in the morning and identify all my parts. Um, <laughs> we're not talking about masturbation by, here. We're no. Oh no, we're talking about it's like roll call, but <laughs> for all of my odds and ends. No, I don't do that. No, I don't know anybody that no. does that but you. But maybe that's what makes you you. Well, because I just want to make sure maybe. that no parts have gotten away when I'm sleeping. Maybe that's what makes you you. So you should feel special about that. I mean, I already know it's there. I know it's there. My vagina. <laughs> Every woman knows it's there. Oh, okay. It's gonna make sounds to you. Again, it doesn't. Like, it doesn't move around. It never. I mean, it just hurts to have. <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty much what I've heard. Yeah. Um. The. Many of the major functions that aren't pleasurable involving that region are painful. Yeah. And 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 blood involved and <laughs> So so what do you call yours? A vagina. Would you say would you call it a different thing in a different context? Like if you were like oh, if you're dirty talking. I call it my stuff a lot. Do you dirty talk with your boy? Yeah, but not about not <laughs> about <laughs> Do you dirty talk about his cock? Um, I think that my dirty talk is more, it's, it's with other parts, the normal. I want to lick your elbow. No, like, I don't mean like I'm that. I'm lick the shit out of that <laughs> elbow. I don't really dirty talk that often, I guess. I don't know. Oh, like, see, I, I am, am completely, like, incapable of dirty talk. <laughs> I, I cannot, I just don't talk. My, my dirty I don't enjoy it. Like, and it weirds me out. Like, people have tried it on me. <laughs> And I, I don't even react well a lot of the time. <laughs> Honestly, when people have tried to dirty what talk are you me, doing? no, 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 I just laugh. <laughs> no. I'm like, oh, this is funny. I also find myself laughing a lot when I'm involved with another person anyway. Because <laughs> like, it's fun, and I'm enjo- I enjoy myself, <laughs> and it makes me happy. Oh, that's cute. Well, but then I laugh, and then the other person's always like, "What? why are you laughing? Well, I mean, are you laughing when they're naked? Because people don't actually like that. Wait, now, <laughs> when I point at <laughs> no. the guy's no. dick from, <laughs> from mere inches away and say, ha-ha, that's small, they, they don't like that? I have learned from experience, if you point and laugh and are like, what do you think you're going to do with that? Then it usually ends in disaster. Now, do you point in thumbs up? Is that no? Is that no. more accepted? It's, no, no. You usually just cannot laugh when they're naked as a rule. Because think about it. If you took off your clothes, well, and but what just if I'm naked laugh? too? I laugh plenty when I'm naked. No, but if somebody like and laughs, I cry. like somebody else, oh, no, no. Say that you took off your clothes for somebody, right? You can just play what I do. It's like you can demonstrate now if you want. But say that you did that, and then the other person in the room, as you were doing that, was just laughing. Would you take that as a personal insult? Well, it depends on it depends on what we. They're not giving you a rationale. They're just laughing as you're taking off your clothes. There's no rationale. They're just like, I can't stop laughing. Or they just start laughing. They don't even talk. They're just laughing. It seems innocent to them because you know they're just, I guess, not used to naked people. (laughs) But usually, nine times out of ten, if you're naked and someone's laughing, you're gonna be affected by that in a very extreme way. Yeah. I've learned that about guys. Because <laughs> like, I like to laugh, too. 
But I learned I can't do that. So you're that. saying I have to stuff my smiles inside? Yeah. Well, usually what helps is that they turn you on before they get naked. Because if they're getting naked and you're not turned on, they're just jumping the gun. That's true. But when you're na- like when they turn you on, then you're just like focused on like the carnal act of. I've I've, <laughs> I've I've never started carnal acts without being turned on by someone. People have out of nowhere started carnal acts with you. Yes, lots of times. Yeah. And I don't know if, if it's just that you've gone on more dates than me or dated more people than me, but people seem to get very forward with you. Yes, unfortunately. In exciting and strange ways. <laughs> I don't think it's exciting. I mean, maybe it's exciting for them, but for well, me I mean, it just... So, for instance, how many men have, in a car, on the way <laughs> to or from a date... <laughs> Exposited themselves. Oh my god! Like ten, at least ten. Seriously? Yeah. Ten. At least. Now, were they more? Were there any on the way to a date? No, not on the way to. Always on the way back. On the way back from. Do you only go to restaurants that serve phallic foods? And no, like no. Deep throated them. They usually s- no, no. Actually, even before the car, I, I just met somebody at New Year's. We were making out at the table. You don't say. <laughs> yeah, they were making, we were making out at a table because um, I like kissing. It's fun for me. I don't think that necessarily needs to lead to anything. I just think it's like, a, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. What's up? I'd like to get to know your mouth germs type of situation. And they will literally take, like, disrobe their pants and, like, take my hand and put it on their junk. And I'm like, just because I just started making out with you doesn't mean I necessarily want to do anything else. And that might be yeah. a mistake on my part. Maybe I should learn to keep my, my tongue in my mouth. We both say, like, a whole fucking lot. Especially you just now. I try to think about it, but I still do it. I try to think about it, too, but I still say it a lot. It's connective tissue is what it is. <laughs> It's kind of, uh, yeah. Also, you were about of, to do it. You were about to do kind it. Of, kind of. Kind of is also connected tissue. I think with me. As just, is cartilage. I just watched Clueless a lot growing up. Why did I start speaking? Sutter home. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't use that. You should call this wine a Sunder home. <laughs> <laughs> or, or no home after you Sutter. <laughs> Sutter homeless? Sutter homeless. Um, okay, the brightest note I can start on is that I can wear shorts now without <laughs> causing children to cry. We never even introduced ourselves yet. No, we didn't introduce ourselves. <laughs> I'm, I'm Seth. I'm Asia. I think that's enough. I like to lead off with my injury status <laughs> before anyone knows who I am. I like to. So that everyone identifies with me as a victim of life <laughs> <laughs> rather than a person with my own <laughs> desires or goals for myself. <laughs> I'm just a bundle of fears and failures. Um, and this is a podcast called By That I Mean. And my compatriot, Asia, she accompanies me. We, we trek in similar territories. We inhabit Hollywood with a vim and a vigor that's matched by... We have followed similar paths. I don't know. I think we've I followed think- our own paths together. I think in the like the goofus and gallant terms, we have followed similar paths. You of course being gallant and me of course being goofus. I don't <laughs> I don't think you're goofus at all. I'm a little goofusy. But here's the thing, we all have our goofusy side. I have been very dumb in many crucial ways that are where intelligence is required to have a really 
fulfilling life. Are you confusing intelligence with common sense? Because they're very, they're two very right. Different. And I'm saying that common sense is what I lacked. Yeah, the, yeah. For a very, very long time. That's first of all not really indicative of any sort of intelligence. It's yeah, just, that's true. I mean, you well, can. Well, but have, also emotional intelligence. Really Are we flying ahead of ourselves. No, no. But being emotionally intelligent really has nothing to do with how actually intelligent you are. That's just something your limbic system lacks. Sure, that's true. My uncle, my mother was babysitting him once, and she apparently did not do a very good job because he walked in front of a swing set, and he was hit in the head with a steel toe boot. And from then on, he was emotional. I mean, he was mentally handicapped. With a steel-toed boot? Yeah. How old? Uh, six. Oh, my God. Is he still alive? No, he's been murdered since then. Wow. <laughs> Way to start it on a bright note. <laughs> I know. I, I think I'm literally incapable of starting anything on a happy note. <laughs> <laughs> but really? Yeah, he was murdered. He was in a group home. Because my grandparents couldn't take care of him. He was like in his 30s or something. Up to the point that had been taken care of. Okay. One of the people in his group home was mopping the floor. And he walked into the kitchen. This is from what I recall from my six-year-old brain. So I was six. Um, so he walked onto the floor to get a snack, and the dude that mopped it was like, why are you walking on the floor when I mopped it? I never do that when you do it. And he was like, I was just hungry. And then the guy that was mopping the floor took out a knife and stabbed my uncle. And then they ran all around the house, and then he stabbed him again, and he died. Or he, he bled out, and they took him to the hospital, and he died in the operating room. And I remember walking into the operating room, um, you saw him in the operating yeah, room? Yeah, yeah, I saw him in the operating room because I was just walking around, six-year-old, just exploring. and like, Looking for dead relatives? No, I wasn't looking for dead relatives. I was just looking around. I'm pretty sure I was looking for the bathroom. I walked in and I saw a fly scurrying around where he was operating and then he was flatlining. From then on, I'm terrified of bugs. I just can't. I do can't do it. Do you think that bugs are your uncle? No, I think that bugs Do you think that his soul death. went... No, but do you... I thought that you had meant that you thought his soul went into... No, the no. The insect. And no. that was like a... 23 grams? 21 grams. 21 grams. <laughs> I was two grams over. I'm sorry. I was within the range, though. I was within the, the range of tolerance. No, I just associate bugs with dying or death. And oh, well, that makes more sense. Yeah, therefore cannot be around them. Given your story, I would think that you'd be more afraid of mopping the floor. No, I am afraid, however, of walking on floors after someone has mopped them. And I won't do it. What about a floor mopped, wax? What about a wax? Recently mopped floors I will not walk on. I don't know about what this fancy floor wax term is. If they've swift it. A wax? However, if, floor wax? If they've been, You've never heard of no, floor No, I've only heard of Swiffer. If they've been Swiffered, won't walk on it. If they've been mopped, old Even school. Even a Swiffer? Yeah, no. It's like a dry mop. No, though. I'm gonna wait. I'll wait. I'll wait wow. till it's dry. Till if there is a fire, in terms of and you have to run through that hallway or die, then I will put on like hospital footies. Hospital <laughs> footies would definitely be flammable. <laughs> is the floor itself? What is this bullshit? I think that is. And I think he asked dialed me. Do you get ass dialed a lot? I get ass dialed I mean, all the time. Is that different from booty call? Nine times out of ten, it is different. Sometimes not. Now, do people ass. make calls specifically asking for the ass? No, their asses make calls to me. It's true. And then when I call them well, back. Well, but see, I thought I thought most modern phones had eliminated this. No. No. See, I ass dialed and ass texted. I had my last phone. Do you remember my last phone? It was a lot smaller. Mm -hmm. I ran that thing so ragged, I had it for like five years. 
kept it in the ass pocket because, of course, I had heard that the radiation <laughs> kills your testes, and I want to be viable so that when I'm emperor of the universe, my sperm can be distributed as a way to repopulate the planet. You think about but these enough things. about my grand plan. You think about these things, of course. Who doesn't? But yeah, I used to, my phone was so ragged that I would ask dial people and ask text people. And so I would get texts back saying, what, what about seven question mark? Did you just have a stroke? Did, yeah. What's, is this an emergency? Yeah. I was texting like high school friends. What did he ask text you with? Or did no, it was, that was a call. Oh, okay. That was an ass call. Did he leave an ass mail? No, it was only three. It was only three, three rings. So I left a few ass mails. Um, <laughs> maybe it was my, no, I think my mom one time got like a 10 minute long voicemail from me when my phone had like accidentally dialed and went to voicemail and it was like, she got really freaked out and worried. She thought I'd been kidnapped or something. And so she called me like frantic, worried she would have to go Liam Neeson. Oh yes, throat punching. The moral <laughs> she would do that for me. Of the story is that yes, if you were kidnapped, somebody would care. The moral of the story care. is get iPhones. No, the moral of the story is if you were kidnapped, somebody would care. That's true. Yeah, that's a good thing. And also, if anyone's listening, don't get iPhones. Get get an iPad. Get two iPads. You know, iPad twos. <laughs> you and I, you could use one. You could totally use an iPad, couldn't you? With, with what money? What I'm saying is shill for free things that we yes, want. Yes, iPads would be amazing iPads. investments in your future. In our future. In our future. And in the creative content of our podcast, we'd be able to we'd be able to come up with full size pages of notes for this show. Wait, wait. Tell the microphone that, <laughs> don't you hide? I was like, I don't She I don't actually spoke. I don't actually Blasphemies. want an iPad. She doesn't actually want an iPad. If I, got, oh. if I got an iPad, I would just give it to my dad as a present. So what you're saying is you don't want to give your dad gifts. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. That really shows... I would love to give my dad that gifts. That really shows what I you think about your dad. I would love to give my dad gifts. Well, then we both need iPad 2s. <laughs> you or your dad gets nothing. When did you become Cartman? Let's see. What, what, what would I want to show if I could show anything? To get for free. Oh my god, that's so sad. The only thing I want is like my own place. Like a home of my own. But not with five children or six children the way Kathy Bates did it in a home of our own. Did you watch that movie? Because we had like had to watch a movie. No, but it, you made me think of A League of Their Own. <laughs> it's, it's just a very similar title structure. And I'd like to think they're sister movies. Um, well, they, they are both wholesome family lady films. Lady girls. They are both wholesome family fil- films. Um, one of them has Eddie I like Furlong to call them sister movies for lady girls, but uh, A League of Their Own whatever. is like 10, maybe 50 times better. Is it The League better? A <laughs> League of Their Own is a hell of a lot better than okay. Home of Their Own. I just watched it the other day, though. Wait, so you, you, you want a home of your own? I want my own place where I don't have to deal with roommates or bed bugs. Or have you ever lived alone? No. See, I'm, I'm no. broadcasting here from my somewhat spacious, somewhat lovely, very full of musical instruments studio apartment in Los Feliz. I've lived here for approximately four and a half years now. I'm not sure that I would have been able to pursue the things that I can pursue if I had to have roommates. That makes sense, because roommates bring all their own kinds of drama. Right. That's the thing about roommates. They, have their, they actually have lives, too. Yeah. 
That's rather inconvenient. They aren't all just waiting around. When I just want to get my drum on. (laughs) Because even when they say that they will tolerate it, that's a different thing than actually being asked. How have your neighbors taken to it? Oh, I've gotten noise complaints. (laughs) But I'm, I'm learning my limits. And I'm also investing in stuff that makes it quieter for me to play with the quality and tone, et cetera, that I, that I want. See. The kind of rock that I need. Mm. See, by a home of my own, I mean like a house with a pool. I want my own pool. Like my own pool where it doesn't close. Private pool? Yes, a private. Infinity my pool? My pool, Infinity Saline pool. Oh, like, we got so yes. much more specific <laughs> yes. just now. Yes, I want random countertops. I want a sinkin' tub with jets. Do they give you that for podcasts? A sinkin' tub? Sink-in. Sink-in. Sink yeah, like, it's a, it's a tub that you, like, you, you Oh, oh, like yeah. a big-ass jacuzzi yeah, hot tub you, you gotta watch, kind of situation? Yeah, but it's like a tub, tub like a bathtub in your bathroom. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, you're enveloped in a warm yes, blanket. With of, jets. With, oh, yeah. With jets. So, you basically, you're drowning yourself in joy. Yes. I actually have a jacuzzi. Well, I had a jacuzzi back in my at home in New Orleans, where my mom lives now. She has a jacuzzi now that has not been used in at least ten years. What? Why would you I not know. use that if you had it? Why would you not use that if you Their had it? Their excuse was because because there was too much water to fill up a, a tub with, so they didn't want to run up the water bill. What? It's just kind of like if we. I used it growing up. Like, I used it, and it was amazing. It was so much fun. It was, like, one of the things I loved the most about the house. And then when I was probably eight or nine or so, we just stopped using it. Tubs with jets are to be appreciated no. <laughs> and, and used. It's so sad. <laughs> Describe your living situation now. Pass. Okay. No, I'll do it. Okay, I have an apartment, and it's a three-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment in and, the uh, middle of Los Angeles. So it's Beverly Hills adjacent. But it's in mid-city, and it's close to everything. However, because I cannot currently afford said apartment, because I've been employed for longer than I'd like to talk about, um, I live with, um, or I am lucky enough to live with um, my current boyfriend, um, who has a house um, in my current apartment. Either... The one that you don't live in. The one that I have not lived in for at least six months. Uh-huh. For at least six months, I've been subletting. So I guess I live with a man, but it's not like that because he's just helping me out, which is horrible, um, especially in a new relationship. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot of proximity very early on. Yes. And it's that's got to be trying in a way that most couples probably don't face as early. Yes. So what <laughs> happened to your old apartment? Well, my old apartment has been subletted by a, a girl for six months now. One of my roommates, while I was living with um, my boyfriend in the valley, moved out and I had to replace her. But coming from the valley to my apartment was a hassle. So I ended up just getting the first person that was like, yeah, I'll take it. And she told me that she was a model. Did she yeah, model, do air quotes with it? No, she no? just said, I'm a model. Okay. Um, I've got two big checks coming in. Was I would she love an, to take the was place. Was she an actress too? Um, no, just a model. Wow. Just a model. But it turns out she is actually a prostitute. I found this out when she was late for the rent. Not only is she a prostitute, but she's also a bad prostitute. <laughs> and I am her really foolish pimp. So she will come in. She's like, Asia, I don't have the money. Wasn't like, that a children's book, The Foolish Pimp? <laughs> the Foolish Pimp. The Bad Prostitute and The, the Foolish Pimp. The Bad Prostitute and <laughs> The Foolish 
pimp. Actually, I think that song walked the down the deserted alley at two in the morning. I think it won an Oscar in 2000 <laughs> for best song. Didn't Clint Eastwood direct? <laughs> She's like hustle and no. Hustle and no. Hustle and no. That's about the bad prostitute. Hustle and uh, no thanks. No, no. She's pretty. She's like skinny. She's blonde. Perfect prostitute material, I would think. Right? I don't know. I've never, I've never had one of those. Can there stable. ever be a perfect prostitute? And I found out she's a prostitute because she was late for the rent. And she was like, yeah, man, like, you even know what I had to do for money. I've been prostituting myself. I was in porn before. Wait, so she doesn't mean, like, temp work? Because temp work is a lot like prostitution. No, no, she has sex for money in hotels. She doesn't mean, like, becoming a corporate drone and, and working for the man? No, like, that she kind has of, sex for money in uh, hotels. She is an awfully literal prostitute, yes. Alicia. I know, and like she's like, you should porn. And how old is she? Like early 20s, not very old. Just put yourself in the mindset of someone who in their early 20s can say, I used to do porn. When you've been doing it so long that in your early 20s, porn is in your past? Okay. Are your other roommates equally colorful? No, no. There's one like Midwestern girl who was a salsa dancer and a teacher. So no. <laughs> so pretty much no. Yeah, no. So the prostitute, you had that to come home to if you go back to your older apartment. No, she's moving somewhere. out actually because she could not take the bed bug situation. Bed bug situation. Yeah, the bed bug situation. Explain the oh bed goodness. bug situation. Everything just blew up all at once. It was horrible. It blew up with insects. No. Um, is this the third seal? Is the, are the locusts next or the, the seas running red with blood? There's the death of the firstborn. According to that movie with Hilary Swank, <laughs> the bugs come before the deaths of the firstborn. Um, wait, that was that is the resource. Yes, it is. That's the Oxford English Dictionary <laughs> of apocalyptic planning. <laughs> what is that movie called? Oh God, don't make me. I don't even know. The Last Seal. <laughs> no, the last seal was that movie about not, the the last. It's not the awakening, but it's Arctic the Arctic Seal on her. The something. The the somethinging. The reckoning. The reckoning. The reckoning. Okay, stop saying it. I believe you. I can't stop saying it because I just got it right. I reckon I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, oh burn them. Watch me be wrong too. Um, and then my so subletter. My yeah. subletter was this not an Orthodox Jew, but she's a Jew that keeps kosher and is from Israel, and is very about Judaism. Wait, she's actually from Israel. Yes. Okay. She's Israeli. Yeah, what's the what's Israel's <laughs> connection to bedbugs? Well, she's my she was my subletter, and she oh, moved out because okay. they came. She went to Israel for a couple of days. She came back, and then bedbugs. Apparently, the dude that lived next door to us, Mosh, he was dirty, 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 and I think he got kicked out. Um, I don't know because I wasn't there. But I'm pretty sure he got kicked out, and when he was kicked out. Apparently, there was like a wall of bugs in our apartment. So there's three different theories of how the bug bedbugs came in. My theory to myself. And especially the managers are that bed bugs came in from Moshe moving because his place was disgusting when he moved out. He had like food and fleas and disgusting, disgusting. Okay, things. here's what I remember about your your <laughs> next door neighbor. Every time I visited your place, the door would be wide open. He would be ironing clothes. It did not matter what time of day I was visiting <laughs> you. Literally every single time. He would be ironing clothes and staring out the door creepily, waiting for someone to come, basically. <laughs> and he would be very kind when you arrived at the door. Every single time, he would be like, 
hey. Okay, kind of shapeless, hey. And it, it just frightened me. Super, super nice, but... Yeah, but I couldn't tell if it was some kind of, like, performance art thing or... I think his house was just overrun by crackheads or meth heads or something. And he just really liked ironing. And greeting people awkwardly. And greetings. And bed bugs, apparently. <laughs> like, um, well, that's my theory. Theory two from my subletter is that the prostitute brought them in, um, which I could see is an easy theory to have. However, I don't think it's the truth. I just, I don't think that's the truth. And theory three from anybody else, like the inspector said they were just there for like two days before the inspector came in. He said that like somebody must have like brought them in on their luggage and the only person to travel was my subletter. In the interim though, I had to throw away all of my stuff. Two people moved out of my place that I have to replace, that I have to replace. Um, you have to replace the roommates? Yeah. That's my oh, job. wow. That's my job. I've had the place the longest. So you have to recruit? Yeah, but they, they came, they sprayed. I threw away everything I owned. So when you say everything you owned, is this stuff that you brought out to L.A. with you? Yeah, like my, my stuffed animals. Like two stuffed animals that I've had since I was seven and eight. Um, my books. All my books from school. My movies. From college? Yeah. Wow. Um, all of my stuff. Your movies? Yeah. Really? And they were bad movies, but they were still movies. <laughs> like The Pest <laughs> with John Leguizamo. I I know John Leguizamo was in The Pest. And The Forbidden Dance. I just know I will never see it. <laughs> with the Forbidden Dance? Yes. One of those Lombada movies. When the Lombada craze happened in the early 90s. Oh, It was wow. my favorite one. Um, yeah, so they were bad movies, but they're movies you A, can't find anywhere else, and B are entertaining and they're a horrible quality and still so the only thing i got to keep was my television and my desk all of wow. like my access clothes over there because all like i've had in my well, car then here's the thing bed bugs really fester just in really old mattresses so like were there a lot of really old mattresses at your apartment no not in mine and i've had it for over a year mm-hmm. but it wasn't really old it was just like mm-hmm. over a year it was probably like two years old i mean did you ask the other the roommates if their mattresses were old the prostitute had just bought hers. Like, she couldn't afford to cover the mattress. So she, um, so the other roommate moved her mattress out into the porch and had her sleep on the couches. I don't know. Everybody is freaking out about this. I can understand being freaked out by it because, I mean, I've heard the horror stories. It's like an epidemic in New and, York now. And it's, it's and almost impossible are, to get out of your place. Right. They are, they are almost impossible to completely el- eliminate. So what were the stuffed animals? It was a monkey, um, who was... What was what was its name? Georgie, and he was super cute. Georgie? Yeah, he was super cute. And a tiger. A tiger that was all ratty and stuff, because Hansa was seven. Georgie was in a lot better condition, but the tiger's name was Tony. Not because of the Frosted Flakes guy, but because of my second cousin. Surely not. No, it was because my second cousin's name was Tony. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, really cool to me growing up. Um, he was, like, the nicest one to be on my dad's side. And it made me, like, more connected to my dad's side. Because everybody else was kind of mean to me. So you had to get rid of them? Yeah, I threw them away. I threw away my penis pillow. This pillow that my mom made for me that was cylindrical shaped that I just called my penis pillow that I used to hug at night until Luke came along. My boyfriend. <gasps> yeah, no, my boyfriend. Like, he came. You hugged the penis pillow. At night. Until you got a real penis no, to hug. No, no, no. What happened was Luke came in my room. Luke came in the room, <laughs> looked at my penis pillow, and goes, What the hell is this? And I was like, That's my penis pillow. My mom made it for me. Looks at it, throws it on the floor, and goes, you don't need that. You got a man now. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah. 
Now is the time to throw away the pillows. <laughs> you need this. You got a man now. Like, Wasn't that in the original Robin Hood story? <laughs> Didn't Maid Marian have a penis pillow <laughs> that she clung to every night until she met Robin Hood? According to Mel Brooks, it was a chastity belt. Right. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it's, it's an everlast. Call a locksmith. Aww. <laughs> He's actually a really cool director. Did you know that he used to be a drummer before he was a director? His comedy was always very rhythmic. Well, you know, it's, yeah. he's got he's got wonderful rhythm and timing. That's always been his strongest suit. Well, he said in a book that that was like the art form up to that point where you got to make the most noise and people would have to listen to you because you would. Very true. Yeah. Very true. I hold my penis pillow every night. <laughs> Funny thing is, my mom made two penis pillows. The other one's in Indiana, <laughs> so I'm gonna have to get her to mail me my Indiana penis pillow when this relationship is over. I quit the band Indiana penis pillow three years ago <laughs> because the drummer was an asshole. <laughs> sure. Penispillow.com. Honestly, the term penis pillows, it kind of answers its own question. I've had three in my life. Three. Penis pillows. There's, when was the first? They're just giant cylindrical shaped pillows you just hug at night. They're like body pillows, but they're... Oh, the... Well, but that's... But the they're, not body, body, they're not body pillows, though. They're cylindrical... And they're about this big, and you just hug them. They're just penis pillows. They're big penis pillows. Is there a head? No. Of any sort? It's just like, well, I guess, I mean, the top could be considered that. But they would probably be, like, uncircumcised penis pillows. (laughs) (laughs) Was there a cut version that you could special order? Well, you got to ask my mom. She'll make you one. Does she really? Does she? She does made she me make all my penis order? pillows. Does she make them to order? Well, not to order. She just made them. I guess they're supposed to be the decorative accent pillows. That's. A, I was about to say it's those kinds of accessories that really tie a home together. Yeah, those decorative accents. So, so like in light of the bed bugs, everyone is fleeing the ship. Except for the 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 one mainstay, which is okay because she's the one that pays her rent on time, and has her rent. So, so I'm okay with that. My subletter, she paid her rent on time. Remember that she was just like, Mm -hmm. she was just not a nice person. Um, So I'm okay that she's gone. Yeah. Um, But she like, she she moved out in such a hurry that she she wants me to pay her the days, for the days with which she left until the time that, you know. She wants you to eat the rent for the rest of the month. Yeah, and I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Yeah, that's kind of bullshit. That's not legal, first of all. Yeah. And second of all, I don't have the problem with the penis pillows. I mean, no. (laughs) (laughs) The bad bugs. The invasion of the penis pillows. It's just a nightmare situation. I'm just glad to be over it. So I'm looking for... You're just having nightmares about penis pillows (laughs) and bed bugs crawling over penis pillows. It's horrible. I just... I want my own place. I want it to be clean. So what would your, like, dream home be at this point in your life? Studio apartment? Are you a one-bedroom person? Are you a... Three-bedroom house kind of gal? Here's the thing, though. (laughs) You would have to clean three bedrooms. No. And probably several bathrooms. If you had enough money, you could hire people to do that for you. But what would you do with all that space? Put up friends. Put up my parents. Put up other people's parents. Like, put up people. So you would be a foolish pimp? I guess. I'd also swim every day. And I'd have an office. And I'd have a, well, a gym see, are in my you house. More, are you really more invested in the number of bedrooms or the presence of a pool? Because there are plenty of apartment buildings that feature pools. This is a question. No, I want my own pool. 
Like oh, one that own. no one else that pees that in. That no one else that pees in? <laughs> yeah, no one else that pees in said. <laughs> so, you, so only you are allowed to pee in. Yes, I can okay. only, I'm the only peeing. Okay. Yeah. Exclusive peeing, right? Yeah, I want my own pool that never closes. What about floaties? Do you want exclusive floaty access? I would never do floaties. And if there was anybody, like any time there was a floaty in my pool, I would have to literally have them like cover it and then dig a new pool. Just fill <laughs> Just it in fill with it. cement. Yeah, and they would never be invited back to my house. So a three-bedroom... Three-bedroom, three to four-bedroom, with a movie theater. What? So you want a McMansion? I, I want a mansion, or I want a house that I could be comfortable in and not have to go anywhere. Because I'm tired of moving my shit places and going places. You either have to fill it with several trained pet monkeys <laughs> who can both bring you drinks and clean or several houseboys. Well, I feel like I have enough friends that will want to hang out in a really cool place that will just come over. Just be honest, you're going to look up the scripts to Full House episodes <laughs> and force your boarders to play along. No, because with your sick fantasies. Full House never had a pool. That's true. None of those bitches had that a pool. Will be, that will make all the difference. Yeah, so no, I'm Did going Step to... by Step have a pool? <laughs> No, I think they had a kiddie pool in one episode. Damn it. But, no, no, I think that it would just be an oasis for people that needed to get away from their boring lives. I think that's... And every day we would do something where, fun. Where would it be? Um, I'm thinking Malibu. I, I would have to say, like, Malibu yeah. or Topanga Canyon. Malibu. Or... Malibu. When I stayed in Malibu, it was just, like, the best time ever, and it was so peaceful. I mean, it's not, like, terribly far, so you can get places if you want to, but mm -hmm. for the most part, you don't have to. You just stay. Yeah. Well, but I mean, like, you'll have to have a pretty, like, solidified career. Or. Like, <laughs> or win the lottery? Or, no, or somebody could die and just give me lots of money. That's true. If anyone out there <laughs> has a shit ton of money and is about to kick the bucket. Please leave it to me. Did you just regress just now? A little bit. So apparently, <laughs> Asia regresses in moments of, what did you say, stress? Only in times of stress. So it's actually a long period of regression. It'll happen for like a day or two. Okay. Where my voice will jump an octave and, and I will sound frenzied. That sounds like mania. Or just my way of dealing with a lot, a lot, a lot of stress. Yeah, that kind of sounds like bipolar. I don't think so, because I never actually get very happy. I'm trying to diagnose you with my eyes. <laughs> it's not working, because usually when you have mania Wait, or manic working? depression, you have bouts of happy productiveness. That's true. And I don't really get that. Oh, you don't? <laughs> I just can't. Like, okay. I either get normal or very, very, very stressed. I get severely stressed. Yeah. I've had I've had lots of fun with anxiety. I What birthday was that? My 24th birthday? Yes. When you were taking me to a partying establishment and partying I, establishment, I had an anxiety attack in your car, and that was that was fun times. Just take me home. I, I think that was my regressing. <laughs> I think what you're talking about is just panic attacks, probably. I just won't even notice it, and I'll talk to my friends, and they're like, "Why is your voice so high right now?" I'm like, "I don't know. What are you talking about? Do you want to go to a movie? No." I need to do something right now, otherwise I'll be very sad. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much that. If you lived in your ideal home, do you think you would regress? No, not at all. I think literally all I need is a place to stay and a place to go to work and I'll be fine. Or not, like, if, if, well, if honestly, not a place to, to work, then 
just money, enough money to survive. When was the last time you felt like the place where you were sleeping was like truly a home? That's a good question. Did you feel like your USC places were homes, your um, like dorms and stuff? No. We first knew each other because we lived on the same floor at USC. Mm-hmm. And I never felt like that was home. Because it wasn't. Because <laughs> it, it wasn't. Like, and it was it was impossible to kind of make it a home. I, like, the first place I really felt like I was at home in L.A. was the second dorm that I lived in. Because it was slightly more like an actual apartment. I didn't have my own bathroom, but, it, like, at least I had that, my own space, my own bedroom. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of my feeling free to explore the stuff that eventually got me into writing and got me into music was because I had my own bedroom at home. Having your own space and being and being able to put enough of your stuff in it or change enough around that you can really make it feel like home is, is a big thing. I've never, like, once again, never lived alone in my life. <laughs> I need to do that. Yeah. For once. I think the issue really is, like, I shouldn't have come out here so poor. I should have, like, saved up some money. Well, I think we all ran into the recession headlong. We graduated in 2006, and the job market was already pretty crappy out here there has been no real recovery yet. Mm -hmm. Corporate profits are at an all-time high. The first quarter of this year, Exxon nearly broke its own number one record for being the most profitable company in literally in history. And yet we're still giving them subsidies. The economy added 244,000 jobs in April, but the official unemployment rate rose to 9% because so many people are giving up on looking for jobs now. You're still applying for jobs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're sending out resumes. Yes, and with different cover letters each time. I would say for every 10 jobs I apply for, I get one call back for an interview. And for every 10 interviews I go on, I'll get maybe, maybe probably 20 interviews I go on, I'll get a job. So I literally probably have to send out about 200 resumes in order to get a job with individualized cover letters for each one. Yeah, I remember you asked me and like I... I asked multiple people for jobs yeah. if they know any jobs. And usually they just kind of talk to you like you're, you know, pathetic But sometimes, occasionally, there's like receptive people like you. They're like, yeah, I know something. So, um, so yeah, I'll apply for those. Um, and then on my individualized cover letters, I'll tell them who referenced me for the job. I don't know. It's like, when, like was, when was I the last interview USC. you got? It was for um, a production company that specializes in specials on commercials and car companies. And I apply, um, I got an interview and a second interview for an office slash production manager position. And I thought that was like gonna be like, yes, my life has changed, I got it. It was $800 a week doing exactly what I wanna do when I need to be doing it um, in order to produce mm. when I need to be producing. According Seemingly to my perfect life. things are so yeah, deceptive and attractive and elusive. <laughs> Every interview, after every interview I had, I would send them a handwritten note with a $5 Starbucks card in it. I remember you asking me what you should give people as gifts, and, like, I hadn't even considered it before. (laughs) I've been like, you've been given the gift of talking to me, (laughs) and that is the one gift you shall receive. I went to those USC seminars on how to get a job in this industry, thinking that it won't be a complete waste of my time. And I also go to the... Student Industry Relations Office at USC two or three times since I graduated. Mm-hmm. And it's always pretty much led to nothing. Because <laughs> I'm really starting to think they don't give a shit about their alumni unless their alumni is already making money. In which case, they, they will wash your balls for you. Honestly, I loved the education they gave me in screenwriting. I didn't write a word in script format before I went to college, and I left with 
not a mastery, but a really firm grasp of telling stories in script format and a real like love for doing it. But they did not prepare me for the realities of the industry. Now that said, I don't think they could have prepared anyone for the effects of the writer strike or the massive global economic meltdown. But at the same time, I wish that film schools would kind of teach the reality of the industry and teach you that you do have to claw your way in tooth and nail. I mean, we had industry class. We had like an industry class where people would come in and talk about how easy it was for them because they'd all gotten representation and sold a lot of shit already. Mm -hmm. So they were in the perfect position to talk about how simple it is to break into the film industry. I mean, so when was the last... Oh, so the last interview was for the production manager. That was about 20 days ago. That's part of your etiquette, giving the gift afterward. Well... Like, what do you... I learned that from USC. This woman... Do you feel like it helped at all? Um... I guess, I mean, they, they the didn't give me the job, but they mentioned it in their very, very lovely rejection letter. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Do you think they'll keep you in mind? They said that they would in their rejection letter. Have you followed up with them since? Um, yes, after they sent me the rejection letter. <laughs> I was at a brief stint last summer, um, a two-week trial period at an entertainment news company. That shall remain nameless, <laughs> but is a piece of shit. Yes, it is a piece of shit. And run by a piece of shit. Run by a piece of shit. It was a two-week trial. I got there, and I was like, "Do I? what am I willing to do for money, and what am I willing to not do for money? Again, this goes back to the tale of the foolish pimp and the bad prostitute. <laughs> I'm, I'm a foolish pimp and, and you're a bad, bad prostitute. prostitute. I can't, you can't prostitute yourself. I cannot do for money. For for entertainment news, paparazzi, There's, ambush media. It's disgusting. I can't. I mean, there are certain things I cannot do for money. And I'm okay with that. I mean... Well, and that <laughs> had to be especially tough. Like, how long have trial periods been going on? Is that a thing that happened in our parents' generation, too? I don't know. I have no idea. It seems like a bullshit modern invention okay. so companies can try you out and cut you loose with no repercussions okay. for According themselves. to movies in my parents' generation, people would just show up be like, I really want a job, sir. I got gumption. Here's my resume. Right? Like, Apparently, I can, like... I can try your shoes for you if you want. Even only <laughs> saying the word gumption would automatically get you any a, interview. Or a job. Just to land you the job right in that yeah. interview. You're like, hi, I'm Asia. <laughs> you don't even have to say, I have gumption. You just say gumption. <laughs> I'm Asia. <laughs> period. People call me Asia gumption. gumption. Who do you think is going to be the new momentary flash-in-the-pan internet celebrity this summer? Or have we moved on culturally to just worshipping animals yet or is it still humans rebecca black is already gone she's here and gone it's amazing to me how short the trends are now what i don't get is how that gets the deserved flash in the pan status and goes away and then lady gaga sticks around well i mean lady gaga has a lot better tools to claw her way out of the bowels of pop culture obscurity didn't she start her most recent tour by clawing her way out of bowels on stage? <laughs> probably. Probably. I think... It would not surprise me. Born This Way. Did you hear Born This Way? Oh, of course I heard it, like, 50 times. I can't stand the message of that, because it's the same kind of, like, childish ego drivel as most of the rest of the pop landscape is. Like, that song is all about saying that you're perfect exactly the way you are. Which is not true. Being a grown-up <laughs> means recognizing that you have flaws 
and trying to build on them. And real self-confidence is not passively accepting yourself exactly as you are and claiming your own perfection. It's recognizing your flaws, loving yourself for those flaws. I'm not sure that she's talking about people with flaws exactly, you know, that can be changed in that song. I think she's talking about people with lazy eyes. Was that the original music video for it? <laughs> Lazy eyes. Just walking around, yeah. And, yeah. you know, of course, um, homosexuals and women. Yeah, and, other people. and I know it's pointless to argue on the internet, but I have argued about Lady Gaga. <laughs> the issue I have with that song, it just seems like self-indulgent for an artist to think that they can automatically anoint you perfect in the way that you are. It's like, who the fuck are you? Are you going to come to my school with me and stop these bully... bully? Bullyers from bullying me? Are you going to hold my hand as I, you know, try to go on a date with this guy who's going to reject me completely? Are, are you going to single-handedly change the minds of bigoted legislators yeah. to make it legal for me to marry under the law? By dancing around in your underwear? In an egg? In a meat dress? Is that what you're going to do? Clawing your way out of bowels? Is that what you're going to do? I don't have a problem with someone singing out for people who have no voice. Like, I think the It Gets Better project that Dan Savage did is a really good thing if it prevents one gay kid from taking his or her life. But at the same time, I don't want Lady Gaga to be talked about as though she's the only artist or musician to ever be supportive of gay people or have gay themes in her music because she has so many predecessors, many of whom she honestly outright steals from. Yes, Madonna. Yeah, Madonna. <laughs> I mean, to say nothing of like Blondie and Grace Jones and Madonna, Diana Ross, Donna Summer. No, I mean, she's just copying from Madonna. Elton who, John. Who copied from all those people? Well, and I feel like she's, she's also copying Elton John in terms of his outrageousness. I think Elton John um, lets it happen. Oh, I'm sure. In that sense. And yeah, their counterpoint is always, she's just, it's just pop music. It's just pop music. What that means is that it's reflective of the culture. That's why it's popular is because it's, it connects with something in the times and her music is so cold and sterile and safe. Her music is so safe. Her onstage image is incredibly risque and, and what have you, but her music itself, even the ways in which it's sexy, aren't very risky. Yes. And that's why I think she should have gone away two weeks ago. Wait, she's been around for a lot more than two weeks, though. Apparently she is the highest selling debut soloist on a concert that sold, you know, that sold the most. She sold $227 million worth of tickets for her concert, her North American tour. $227 million worth of tickets? Yes. For one tour? Yes. How many dates? Um, a lot of dates. She works oh, a lot. Okay. She works very hard, actually. I, I will completely give her that. She worked her ass off to get to where she is. I just wish that she would have put some of that ass toward <laughs> the service of writing good music. I don't know, dude. Because when you're paid to... I mean, because if you actually saw the Judas video compared to her other videos, her ass apparently is looking a lot better. So she's she spent a lot of time working on her ass itself. Not her lyrics. And um, also working on her stage show but yeah not her lyrics in a sense she's a new artist and there are a lot of artists in their like follow-up to their debut album if it's so big they just become like completely like the sophomore slump yeah and i think you could call it that safely not that her freshman album was like mind-boggling or life-changing but it was a lot better than her second album 
in terms of like her hooks were a lot like everything was a lot cleaner well yeah i think well and i think this is where the choice of uh embracing a formula for stardom has diminishing returns because you can you can combine the really snappy hooks and get one really fun album that has some good singles that really gets you a career going but if you can at least like if even your sophomore slump is a step down in terms of how it sounds or whatever you're not going to have the same kind of longevity that like Madonna would because she kept reinventing herself I don't know and I'm not even that, a huge though. Madonna fan but I honestly don't know about that though because with her ticket sales going through the roof she's literally the highest selling yeah that's also true and ticket sales are literally what makes an artist money that's the only thing that makes an artist money in CD they get 80 cents for every CD they sell but for ticket sales, they well, get most of that. Well, and artists can get a lot more from internet downloads these days, but... Yes, that's true. That's true. Well, but <laughs> she's going. Well, but she's a major label artist, yeah. so I'm sure. I don't think that she she's really focused on internet downloads. I think she's mostly focused on her tour. She doesn't personally check her iTunes comments. Because <laughs> I left one. <laughs> I left a one-star review saying, BOMB! <laughs> Did you listen to the whole album before you left that? I listened to one song. <laughs> was it Born This Way or was it Judas? Born This Way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Horrible. Like Pretty bad. Um, but the but the gays love it. Actually, no. A lot of the gays do not love it. Really? Yeah. Well, at least the gays in WeHo. You can hear an audible groan every time that song comes on. Speaking of the gays... <laughs> Let's just group them all together in the gays. <laughs> Most of them can be grouped together, I think. Obama and the, the Justice Department, Obama instructed them not to defend DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act. The federal law signed by Bill Clinton that made gay marriage illegal in the United States. It was a big change of policy that Obama told the Justice Department not to defend it in court because all these lawsuits are finally going forward against that law. So, after he refused to defend it, John Boehner, the, spe the Republican Speaker of the House... <laughs> the crybaby of the House. Yes. Um, the Orange American decided that Congress would spend taxpayer dollars to hire private lawyers to defend the Defense of Marriage Act in court. No. Yes. That's horrible. Because in this time where we have to cut billions of dollars from food aid and from food stamps and when we have to destroy Planned Parenthood not only to stop ladies from having legitimate medical procedures but to stop them from having any kind of birth control or medical care checkups whatsoever we have to spend taxpayer dollars discriminating against the gays um, so the the law firm that they hired to do this was also representing a lot of gay folks in cases litigating in favor of of equality and so there was a huge uproar and the the law firm said never mind we're not going to defend this bullshit and the guy who was in the boss of the law firm the head lawyer of the firm quit in protest leave it to lawyers representing the gays to want to represent both sides <laughs> He must be a bi-lawyer. Except all this bi-lawyering. <laughs> this bi-litigation. Bi-litigation. We need some bi-legislation. Democrats are bi If any of you are right bill now. curious, just say no. It is a lifestyle choice. Democrats are bi-legislation right now in that 
they don't know what they want, so they're just not going to do anything. Oh, it's so true. Not only do they quote unquote not know what they want, like, well, they definitely don't know what they want as a party, but they're so afraid to lose the money that funds their campaigns that that's why they really don't do anything. It's all fear. And it's no wonder to me that legislators are becoming more and more stupid by the day. They have to spend their entire professional careers fundraising to keep their professional careers. And if it's not raising money for their elections, it's raising money and interest from private companies so that when they get voted out or when they don't raise enough money next time and lose an election, then they'll have a cushy job in the private sector. But it makes people less likely to support socially thoughtful things like letting the gays marry or increasing um, pay between men and women so that it's actually equal or you know actively creating jobs <laughs> jobs why would we do that we have a we have a great jobs program asia it's called wars don't care about getting killed or not then yeah you go, go to war well that's that's always an option to you you know it's true and i mean that's another thing that and we should both feel lucky about because like so many it's so many people who haven't been able to get college educations who haven't really seen any other way out of their small towns sign up for the military. So because we don't have a draft, that's one of the only guaranteed, even remotely decently paying positions that you can get. Yeah, my dad was one of those people. He got his GI Bill from going into the military from the Air Force. Mm -hmm. And the, the big Republican budget plan is to make Medicare into a coupon to give senior citizens money to go out and buy health insurance oh, because it's that. possible for senior citizens to go and buy private health insurance in the open market. Yeah, and if it runs out when they're out, riddled with diseases. If it runs out, uh fuck off. <laughs> right, and that's the thing. The reason why the program in the Ryan plan saves so much money on Medicare is that the coupons they give senior citizens to go out and buy health insurance are intentionally priced lower than the expected increase in health insurance costs. They're going to not get as much care and not as many people are going to get it. Yeah. That's how that's going to work. That's not actually happening though, right? Yeah, it was, a, it was a proposal and it's yeah. going to be a total disaster. And my only hope is not for Democrats to be strong going into the 2012 elections, but for Republicans to be themselves. <laughs> Because the Republican plan, frankly, the Republican plan has been the same for the last 30 years. It's been the Reaganomics attitude of we want the government small enough to drown in the bathtub. But that that government that they're talking about is the, the aspect that takes care of people. But they want endlessly huge and expansive government in the form of a government that's big enough to spine your uterus and big enough to discriminate against the gays and big enough to start wars in other countries. Yeah, it's big enough for the military to be the only thing that's capable right. of doing anything effectively. Right, and that's not to say that there aren't millions and millions of people who would call themselves conservative or Republican in America who don't want these useless wars to continue. It's just that literally every congressional district in America has some wing of defense contractors or defense manufacturers. Those are some of the only, literally some of the only jobs left in almost every state. I think you're thinking about McDonald's. Well, and that's the other thing. McDonald's is, did, just added like... Right. Did you hear about that? McDonald's <laughs> yeah. had a big hiring bonanza yes, day. They just hired a ton of, ton of people. <laughs> 
how many was it? It, it was, was like sixty thousand or six hundred thousand. It, it was it yeah, was, it was a lot of people, but again, those are jobs at McDonald's. They don't have good benefits. They don't ha- they don't really pay a living wage. Like people are not going really going to be able to make ends meet there. And it's this the saddest part is that they're finding now that most of the jobs that have been added during Obama's term as the quote unquote recovery from this recession has happened, most of those jobs are that kind of job. They're McJobs. They're they don't pay actual they pay above minimum wage. But as we all know, even slightly above minimum wage is not enough to get you an apartment and all your food and cover all your bills and let you have a decent life. It depends on where you live. If you live in Idaho or Indiana or Kentucky, you could live off of minimum wage. Really? Yeah. Well, do they have higher minimum wage than the national average? No, it's just their cost of living is much lower. It's that much lower, though? It's very much lower. You can get an apartment for $300 there. Like a one-bedroom apartment for $300 in, like, a decent part of town. This sounds I'm like, like heaven. <laughs> I'm moving to Indiana and applying at a McDonald's post-haste. Wait, I'm, again, like, I think there are a lot of Republicans who want to end the wars, just like there are a lot of Democrats who do. But because it's in every district, no matter who your representative is... They're going to vote against taking jobs out of that town or city or state. Either way you dice it, most of what our government does now consists of giving rich people more money. And that's the thing that most elected representatives are, in one way or another, encouraging the government to do. The Republicans just want to give rich people tax breaks, continue wars, and cut all the social programs that are literally people's last lifeline. Like, the social safety net we have in this country is already pretty damn frayed. Clinton got rid of actual welfare, and Reagan, because he used the kind of racial stereotype of the welfare queen, was able to demonize it long before that. So we've been cutting away all the kind of programs that make it possible for people who are at the end of their rope in terms of finding a job to be able to hang on. And at the same time, the quote-unquote bold democratic plan is to tax rich people only slightly more, not to get rid of Medicare, but they're proposing changes to Social Security, which doesn't actually add anything to the debt. And now anything that everyone is taught, like the only thing anyone's talking about in Washington is debts and deficits when what's really going on right now is that nobody has fucking jobs and both parties are trying to give rich people more money corporate profits are at an all-time high but they're not hiring and not only that but obama's about to propose that they lower corporate tax rates too oh my god and they're saying that that's the biggest no-brainer because we have to send the market signals that it's time to help the economy recover is the market a person is it like the matrix we seem to treat we seem to treat wall street as though it's oz the great and powerful but not the behind the curtain guy we think the projection is real so yeah the same guy who gave the kill order for osama bin laden wants to keep giving rich people more money too i don't think i hired that guy it's like the bad prostitute that lives in my place it's it's like i hired a model and i got a prostitute yeah 
And again, my only hope is that Republicans are seem to be going so far off the deep end in saying that we should dismantle everything good that government does that people naturally will vote against him. The country is becoming majority minority very quickly. So the Republican Party is literally being depopulated. Not that there aren't always going to be uninformed people who are, like, reactionary conservatives, but the Republican Party is never going to take over the country again. I hope not. And knock on some sort of wood right now. But yeah, at the same time that I'm I'm glad we have people in the pop cultural zeitgeist who are very in favor of gay rights. And at the same time, I'm glad that despite his shortcomings elsewhere and despite my disagreements with him, I feel like we have a president who begrudgingly and slowly is coming around to help gay rights in a way that no other American leader has. I still feel like the gay community has a bit of growing up to do. Uh, definitely. Please, go to WeHo and say that. <laughs> Go to West Hollywood. Well, and I wrestle with this because I, I never had the urge to live in WeHo because I feel like it would anger me too much against my own people. <laughs> I try to avoid visiting there as a rule, though I get drawn in from time to time. I feel like there's a lot of not only like racism within the gay community, but a lot of sexism as well. Yes. Yes, there is, unfortunately. I just learned this, actually. R like, is it I really new to it. you? It's completely new to me. Gay's surprisingly racist. I'm one of those, I don't know, I'm just one of those people. I think that every minority is like Gandhi. And not every minority group is Gandhi, all rolled into one. I mean, I'm just, okay, that, that's extremely... Gandhi and hot pants. That's extremely naive of me to think that... If you are discriminated against, then you should understand other people that have been discriminated against as well. Yeah. In any sort of way. That's extremely naive of me. And I should know that is not the case, you know, considering... I mean, you are currently right well, now mean, fighting you, for your rights. Do you have any specific stories? Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, I mean, you can speak in general terms, but... I mean, Tell they're, it. they're just some some people that just, you know, just use the N-word, like, willy-nilly in the gay community. Where was this? Like, parties, home situations, but lots of parties as well. And, or even on Facebook. You can see it on Facebook. Oh, that's definitely true. In fact, I saw that the other day on someone's Facebook. They had, like, this picture of a little, little bitty, like, black toddler who was the cutest thing, but had, like, ghetto lipstick and, like ghetto hair and a purse and pumps and like the caption on it was like oh no bitch is not wearing that or something like that something i think i've seen that one i i have friends who've said things like in person and like on on facebook which is to reiterate for the zero of you <laughs> who don't know what facebook is <laughs> a public website for the most part you're just posting this on facebook right yeah, of course i am so, so, so somebody listening is not going to know what facebook i'm is. going to try to explain to the people <laughs> what the thing they're using is as they use it <laughs> I'm also going to come up with a series for car CD changers <laughs> explaining how a car CD player works. I think the reason, well, I think part of the reason is that a lot of gay folks who come out here are from small towns where they probably didn't know any black people. That doesn't excuse it. No, it doesn't excuse it. I was from a small town. I knew what a gay person was. I was completely okay with it. 
you know? I'm not like I should get a medal for being superior in my uh, in my acceptance. However, I think you should get a superior acceptance medal. No, I'm okay with not getting one. There is a certain amount of naivety that I was na- naivete that I was walking around with, you know, just considering that anybody who's been discriminated against can try to understand where other people are coming from that have been. But most of my friends that are homosexual are also white. Mm -hmm. A lot of them. And I guess they want to have that whole, like, we're like everybody else and that we can discriminate against whoever we want to and we can also get married. I find there's a kind of not only active, but a pretty overt rejection of black gay guys by white gay men. Yeah. No, my friend was Most saying- pro- personal profiles that I ever look at online of, of white gay guys, I wouldn't say most, but a ridiculously high percentage, always go out of their way to say, I'm not racist, but I'm not into black guys. My friend, who is happens to be a black homosexual, was on his friend Adam's site, and- His friend Adam? Yeah, his friend Adam. Does that friend Adam hang out with other Adams? I think he does. I think he's for Adam, actually. There are four Adams now? Yeah, four Adams. Anyway, he was on the site. Some guy was hitting up him. And he had his picture on his profile. There's him a picture, and he sent him a picture. And he's like, sorry, don't date niggers. And, like, logged off. And, like, blocked him or something before he could even respond. Was this in L.A.? This was in L.A., yes. <laughs> you look like you just smelled a fart. I smelled the fart of, of bigotry. Yeah. And oppression. <laughs> date you anyway who the fuck wants to love that who the hell are you really who the hell are you yeah i guess it's your right as an american as a human being you can discriminate against whoever the hell you want or you can have a have a preference and want to pursue that preference but you also you can't also pretend that you're an open-minded freedom fighter yeah exactly exactly Like, oh, I'm just an innocent yeah. person trying to get, you know. My friend the other day was like, Asia, like, were you just naive before? Like, could you really be that naive? Yes, I can. And I'm okay with actually being that naive. I'm okay with wanting to right? live in a I world will... where other people understand where you're coming from as a minority. I- I'm okay with wanting to, to have some sort of acceptance in all realms if you want acceptance in one. Like, if you want to fight for acceptance in your life to get married to whoever you want to, then you, in turn, should be able to understand how other people want acceptance in their lives, even though it looks like they have gotten it already. And then, yes, right, there and is that's, still a thing and that's not even the same thing as demanding that someone else fight for your cause, but at least recognize that there are other battles to fight. Yeah, exactly. And that there were other fighters before you. Exactly. And I mean, it's th- that's the same thing that absolutely enrages me about gay people who are Republican, and there are so many of them. I do think a part of it comes from a feeling of of being victimized. And when you feel like you're victimized in any particular way, no matter how real or perceived the grievance is, you want to protect your own. And you want to, you want to, you literally want to conserve what you have. They're doing social research now and finding that in times of economic turmoil and strife, people just become more conservative. Even beyond that, I feel like people who feel some kind of kinship or community with a marginal with their marginalized group can find it really easy to get splintered off against other groups or to become myopic and not really see that there are other people fighting battles. I don't really think that that's any kind of excuse to do anything. Oh, it's it's like, less than no excuse. It, it it makes it all the more heartbreaking for me because it's where there should be 
so much common ground. It's literally where there are not the exact same battle, but incredibly similar battles that could be fought together along very similar lines. For obvious reasons, because there's so many people of color who are gay. And because AIDS is such a huge mm -hmm. problem in minority communities and still a huge problem in the gay community. And even going to a different marginalized group of people, immigrants. There are thousands of binational LGBT couples in America who have either had to move to other countries where their, where their partners live or facing their partners getting deported back to their home countries who in some cases murder gay people. Mm -hmm. And again, that goes that is all thanks to DOMA and the Defense of Marriage Act that Republicans are trying to defend. It enrages me when not only the people whose cause I agree with, but the people with whom I'm supposed to feel a community don't have even the basic vision to see fellow travelers on the road to some kind of slightly less shitty future. It's heartbreaking for me, in a sense, coming from... An outsider's perspective. I mean, being that I was the only black person in my school growing up, yes, I am straight or heteroflexible or whatever you call it, but all of my friends growing up in high school were the homosexuals because we were all kind of banded together in this very small, bigoted town against, like, everybody. When I was, I was wondering, like, how many, how many gays you had in high school? Like, one that was out. <laughs> so I had one friend, maybe two. And then, mm -hmm. um, and then, like, a couple that were in the closet that I found out later that were gay. But then, you know, coming here, I just assumed everybody, those, I guess, a bad or poor assumption, or maybe it's my own prejudices, grouping together people that, you know, I see from my childhood and think that they're all going to be similar. And I, that is, you know, naivety and maybe pre a little prejudicial on my part. It's that horrible prejudice of believing people are better than they actually yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, it's... Overestimation <laughs> is the cruelest form of bigotry. But it's like, well, how do you expect to get anywhere if other people aren't helping you? If you're only speaking for yourself, you can't really do much. And I learned this growing up, being the only black person in my school. I couldn't do anything for myself. Well, and exactly, and you learned that you had to create your community where you could find it. Yes. That's another aspect of places like West Hollywood that puts me off a little. It's alignment along such such an arbitrary piecemeal kind of thing. Because your sexual identity and your orientation, if you have a really fulfilled life, it's a part of your life. It affects everything you do, but it doesn't determine everything you are. And I feel like when people band together so much under that banner, under like the just we're all gay banner, then it allows you to cover up and look past things that you really otherwise shouldn't. That's definitely true. Racism and, like, sexism. There are men in West Hollywood that will literally hit a woman for, like, being in their way. When is that ever Wait, okay? when did that... When did there, that there are people that think it's really okay to just hit women in WeHo. I will say or, that... Or call them, like, bitches or cunts or whores or... Flags, like any other word, like any word that you hear from probably their fathers or something, like talking to their mothers, like they think it's okay to say that. It's not okay. Like you treat women with respect, regardless of the fact that if you want to get in their pants or not, you still treat women with respect because they're like, they're not, they're not men. So a lot of them are so smaller. So you're saying and more that diminutive. because women's vaginas explode, they should be respected like they're human <laughs> beings? I'm saying that because women actually are in charge of shelving and housing the, the future generation of our species. Yes, are you saying they, they that babies... With respect. Are you saying that babies grow on shelves? Yes. 
Yes, I am saying that. I knew it. Because I respect women. <laughs> I respect women enough to identify their parts and name them in books. Yeah. Much like I, I, I identify my parts every morning when I wake up. Have you read a book about women? Because I think a lot of guys need to. I don't have to read a book about women because I'm gay. That's true. That's true. You're not trying to get with one. And I think that's, I think you're exactly right that that's kind of the mentality. The, the, I don't need anything from this type of person. (laughs) (laughs) This type of person is not immediately in my selfish sexual interest. (laughs) Yes. So therefore it can be ignored and or demeaned. What I'm trying to say about racist and sexist homosexuals is stop it. Like, there's no point. You don't get anywhere by that. Like, you can just get people well, hating Well, and not you only that, but... And more people fighting against you. Exactly. And not only that, but again, the world is not getting any smaller. There are going to be more people who are not exactly of your race who are not of your gender, who are not of your sexual orientation, that you will have to spend the rest of your life confronting. And if you choose the path of fear, like at least the elected Republicans have, Mm -hmm. then you're going to find yourself with fewer and fewer allies on this planet and fewer and fewer people who will ever be in your corner because you won't be in their corner. Exactly. And also... I mean, if you want, you know, equality for yourself or freedom for yourself, then at least respect the process. Equality isn't just yourself. Freedom isn't just yourself. Freedom isn't freedom if not everybody gets the chance to have it. Then it's privilege. That's true. And also, no, but you know, I'll say the same thing about black people, though. Like, like, go talk to a gay person. They're not going to hit on you. You're not that attractive. Just check out them for Adam postings. Nobody likes you. (laughs) <laughs> like, nobody wants to hit on you. I swear to God, if one of more of my straight friends, if I ask them to go to WeHo with me, I'm like, no, because we're going to get hit on. Every time it's like, you're not that attractive. No one's going to want you. Because every straight man who's ever putting himself in that situation thinks he is such a fucking prize. Yeah. The women you're with <laughs> barely tolerate you yeah, as it is. Exactly. <laughs> Notice, I've never fucked The men you. can see exactly all the ways in which you've fallen short. <laughs> yes. Because they share a same general body composition as you do. No, and they will tell you this within the first 30 seconds <laughs> right. of meeting you. Yeah, that because too. Because they are super gays. <laughs> like, I swear, I've had people I'm driving around in my car, gay guys, I guess basically congratulating me on being a prize to my race. And I'm like, meet other people of my race and then say that again. <laughs> like, I am letting them down. That's not true. <laughs> I'm kind of a statistic right now. A little bit. One of the tragedies of the recession is that it's hit African Americans the hardest of any sector, but African Americans were in a recession before the recession happened. (laughs) What's really happened is that the rest of the working and middle classes have been dragged into the same situation of chronic joblessness that the African American community has faced for decades now, especially like African American men. Oh my god, we just talked about Sally Kearns, the Oklahoma senator who got reprimanded for talking about how blacks were just lazier and didn't want to work as hard as the rest of... Because she was a teacher and she knows. Yeah, I've got a Rick Stantorum quote that I'm going to read, and then I'll read the Sally Kern. I really do also, like, legitimately, like, like, thank my homosexual friends who have kept me sheltered 
from the rest of the like the racist homosexuals right? to this point. Yeah, thank you for putting yeah. those blinders on. Because I had no idea. So like I appreciate it because life was a lot better before I knew about this shit. Here's what happens when you choose the path of fear and ignorance and allow your prejudices to carry over into the way that you treat everyone else in the world. The Oklahoma House of Representatives has approved a proposed constitutional amendment that would eliminate affirmative action in state government. Representative Sally Kern, Republican from Oklahoma City, said minorities earn less than white people because they don't work as hard and have less initiative. Quote, we have a high percentage of blacks in prison, and that's tragic, but are they in prison just because they are black or because they don't want to study as hard in school? I've taught school, and I saw a lot of people of color who didn't study hard because they said the government would take care of them. Kern said women earn less money than men because they tend to spend more time at home with their families. What it really comes down to is tribe. Tribalism are it's one of the biggest forces in America. We set ourselves up, whether it's by political party or by race, by gender, by sexual orientation, or literally by teams. We like to come up with tribes and groups for ourselves and look out to make sure that the people who aren't in our tribe don't interfere. First of all, I don't think that that was fear-based at all, because if she were afraid of a black person, or I mean, she would have said that. You know, because she would just want to. Well, but you know that that ignorance comes from. It's ignorance, definitely. It's ignorance. That's true. I don't think it's fear. I think that's a like a superiority complex type issue, just because she is she is white. You know, and I I am I am white. I am a councilwoman. I'm allowed to say this. Well, not only I know a black person, and they were lazy. Right. It's like maybe they were lazy because you were a fucking racist bitch to them. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe they weren't. Maybe you're just fucking lying. Who knows? Who knows? Remember, like in the quote, she said, the kid said the government was going to take care of me. So in her view, those kids were in the tribe that receives special treatment. And one of the things that back when healthcare was being debated and whenever immigration is being debated, what you get are arguments from conservatives who say, oh, this other group of people who is not poor white people supposedly get all these social benefits that none of us poor white folks get, which is totally not true. But the only way that they perceive of those benefits is that it's something they should get and that no one else should get. The government doesn't even like poor white people. They don't like poor people in general. Poor white people just think that's what's going on. I grew up with this, actually. Like, I grew up with people telling me, like, you know, affirmative action would take care of me and I didn't have to worry about what I was doing. I started my fucking ass off and got a scholarship to USC. USC's a private school. They didn't have a quota system at the time. And when I got in, everyone's like, oh, you're going to the University of Southern Cal- I mean, South Carolina? I was like, no, Hick, read a book. Read a <laughs> you book. actually don't even have to read a book. <laughs> you can look at the sign. It spells it out for you. You can actually watch television and see a game. Well, and then there's the flip side of the Sally Kern quote, which is the belief that black people and non-whites can't achieve things without government handouts. That's the whole thing behind birtherism, the belief that a black person couldn't really go to Harvard. After Obama released his birth certificate, Donald Trump started questioning his school records. 
Belgium was grasping you should, at straws at that point. Grasping at racist, <laughs> racist <laughs> straws. Yeah. He went to White Party City and got himself some racist straws. Yeah, he did get those. But yeah, he was asking for the for the school records. And I mean, what that, again, that, that shows the, that betrays the bigotry that you don't believe other people can achieve. What you can't. What even you couldn't achieve. Because yeah. Donald Trump, he's <laughs> an obnoxious shitbag who can't admit wrongdoing, loves firing people. I just think he's everything that's wrong with white America. Really? That is a strong sentiment. But he's also wrong, everything that's wrong with America, America. I mean, white America is pretty much America, America. But that's not true. It is it's true. Not anymore. Yeah, we've got a black president. But I mean, there's still corporations are people, and most of those people are run by white people. <laughs> we we all know that corporations are considered people under the law, but we know that corporations aren't people. And the motive of a corporation is solely profit because and it's also, not a self. No, it's selves. It is a it's self. a bunch when of they, people. When they work on legislation to get things better for their corporations, and they make more profits. That's a self-interest. That's working towards... Oh, from that perspective, definitely. I think in the instances Uh, where it's about race now, that it's about the pursuit of money. Like, I I think that the the whole teabagger movement and their very unsubtle, barely-coded racism is because of the reason that it gets people who reliably give money to Republicans to give money to them. What they're really working for is not, like, white supremacy, but endless profit and the easiest way that they see to get at that profit is to appeal to really the most scared people in society right now the most scared people in society right now are white folks i really don't know about that because i mean first of all reagan take reagan for instance Starting the crack epidemic. Yeah, starting the crack epidemic. <laughs> ignoring uh, aids literally, literally completely ignoring where aids all of the homeless people came out on the streets Mm-hmm. And we're just, like, there. Because he shut down all of the homeless shelters. Like, he did so much. There's just a lot of things. Like, a lot of fucked up things that Republicans do. So I don't think that their end result is profits. I think their end result is profits to bring other people down, to bring themselves up. And I, I concede the possibility that that's the case. Michelle Bachman, Tea Party advocate. Like, I don't know what you're arguing here. Because, literally, like, the my Tea Party ar- my itself... Argument, my argument is that those people are more ignorant and stupid than they are evil. The Tea Party itself... What I think what they do is evil, but I don't think... I, I'm sure in their mind, they have the most noble motives. The first second the Tea Party had power, what they did was they cut funding on, like, national, urban, like, urban funding, and they also cut Planned well, I mean, Parenthood. They tried well, to cut Planned Parenthood funding, and they well, came to out say with, nothing like, of uh, to say nothing of bipartisan majorities in both houses of Congress went after ACORN, which was a group that did nothing but register people to vote. black people and immigrants <laughs> to vote. And now many states in the country are trying to pass voter laws to make it tougher for people to vote. And there are Republicans who've talked of literacy tests. It's like Jim Crow laws. Exactly. I, uh, it's like grandfather clauses. And, and on that, it's like, on I mean, that I, will, I will totally agree with you that there's a part of the Republican Party, the most vocal, the part of the Republican Party that gets the most screen time on television is the batshit faction, the one whose goal really is race. If you have a baiting. question about, like, you know, whether Republicans respect women 
or whatever. I mean, just Sarah Palin. I can, like, stop speaking after it. Like, you could just literally stop speaking after you say her name. That's how much the Republicans think about women. Michael Steele. That's how much they think about black people. Bobby Jindal. Looks brown. We'll, we'll, we'll push him to go against Obama. Really, that's how much they think about others, quote-unquote. They can all be grouped together. You can just choose one. It could be, like, a ridiculous one and push them on American people. That's how much they think about other races that aren't rich white well, guys. But, but Asia, it's a, if you have them in a one-to-one ratio, if you have a one-to-one ratio between minorities on your side who root for your team and the other side, that means you're just as good as them and your ideas are just as right. There are two Republican parties. There's the Republican Party of the people who joined the Tea Party and who are the big spokesmen for it. And those are the people who I think are clearly in it for the bigotry fun of it all and who are afraid they're losing their country and want to get their country back. And then there's the Republican Party that funds the elections. There's like the Koch brothers who are these billionaire brothers who inherited an oil fortune and have subsequently made an even bigger oil fortune. They do a lot of very philanthropic things. They create cancer wards. They get, they make child burn centers to save little tiny babies. They build opera houses and concert halls. They also pretty much single-handedly funded the Tea Party elections of last November. They got all those Tea Partiers elected. The people who fund those elections just want to see more people in office who will give them tax breaks and help them. The tragedy to me of where the Republican Party base has gone, they've been convinced to vote against their own self-interest. All those little old ladies telling the government to keep their hands off their government Medicare have been taken for suckers. That's pretty much been what the Republican Party's been about since the inception, though. Their parents have taken them for dupes because their parents assumed that one day they would not grow old. And I would pretty much agree with that. But I, I think now the birtherism thing, whereas before it was something like 34% of Republicans, of self-identified Republicans, be- firmly believed that Obama was not born in America, now it's like less than 11% or something, which is still ridiculously high. Yeah. But... Um, I really think that was one of the moments where it's undeniable that there's something animating this suspicion beyond your patriotic questioning mind. From the perspective of the people who are voting for the Tea Party, it's it's not charitable to say, but I think those were th- just the racist dupes that the big money boys were waiting for. If you're going to be racist, then you're supposed to be, like, you have to be willing to accept the consequences of your racism. That's assuming that racism comes back to bite you in the ass. Well, I mean, it does if you're voting, it's, if, you're, if you're, like, poor. Exactly. <laughs> if you're poor, then it completely does. We can, we can wrap it up from I have there. to pee. Can that be the end of our podcast? <laughs> <laughs>